everyone. Welcome to The Spiritual View. Uh, I am Tiffany White Sage Woman. Many of you know me, many of you do not. So welcome to all of the uh, viewers from our special guest this evening. And welcome to, um, you know, my, the combined viewers, mine as well. Hello, Kate, and just hello, everyone. There are so many in the chat right now. I know this chat's going to go a little faster for um, the normal people that show up. So uh, just going to be kids sit there and say hello to everyone well you can but this is just welcome everyone i'm really excited about the special guest this evening so i'm not going to do too much of an opening but for my regular viewers you're in for a treat this evening okay and so oh hello elena you're here to support your little brother <laughs> and his buddy all right so i just would like to just tell you a little bit about robert earl white for those who are not familiar with him, he is a disclosure advocate who at the age of four had a UFO crash behind his house. His mother was an abductee who was also in contact with extraterrestrials. After Robert's family was threatened by the men in black and Air Force, he vowed to get to the bottom of this phenomena. And 30 years later, he did just that. Robert has made multiple documentaries going over the evidence and witnesses of the Lower Alloways Creek incident. So Robert and Josh, they have a series on the YouTube uh, called We Are the Disclosure. And it's about helping those who have experiences um, out of our realm of reality in hopes of helping others going through what he and his mother went through. And so without further ado, I'd really like to introduce and bring on um, Robert Earl White and Josh Mayoto. Hi. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Thank you. What an introduction. Wow. Oh. Uh, thanks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, where, know, where did you begin? <laughs> and I'm super excited. Sorry about that. I know we got to make sure we don't talk <laughs> over each other, which is so easy to do when we get really excited about this so i am so excited that that you know i love that what you said we are the disclosure you're not waiting for the disclosure we are the disclosure and i wonder how many of you that are watching just put in the in the comments if you consider yourself um as a contactee if you um feel like you have um had some sort of you know, connection with ETs, whether it's, you know, just a contactee, let's say that. Because uh, I really feel that there's more than a lot of people even admit, right? Do you feel that maybe more of us than, than people realize have been visited or contacted by extraterrestrials? Absolutely, right, Josh? Definitely, definitely. And Josh and I, a big part of what we're doing with We Are the Disclosure, which Josh and I, we did not create We Are the Disclosure. We Are the Disclosure is far greater and larger. Elena, actually, to be super technical, Elena Danan, myself, my girlfriend, we all came up with this, and it was just the best way. And in my documentary, Elena used it in her first book, A Gift from the Stars, Book of Alien Races. Elena Danan, go check that out. And, you know, it's, it's became a community. And uh, Josh and I were just uh, the guys in the background. 
who we're giving people that normally would never have the chance because they're just everyday normal people, people that have a YouTube channel and they got two subscribers. No one knows who they are. We're allowing these people to actually get out there and share their story. And some people that are completely off of social media and we're just allowing them to share their experiences. And one thing that has been made evidently clear to Josh and I, after talking to all of these people that have had incredible experiences and more importantly, Josh, normally what we've noticed is a lot of times we start to have stories that overlap. Am I right, Josh? Absolutely. Almost every episode runs into each other in some way of some sort. It's so true. And there's so many times where within an episode, I'm bringing up someone from a previous episode. And it's always the smallest. It seems like the simplest, dumbest details, like the, the most you know minuscule detail there is. That's generally the small little piece that really helps connect the dots. You know, the thing everyone else overlooks. And sometimes the only way to get down to the bottom of this is by listening and allow someone to tell them their life and their experiences from start to present. If you don't listen to it all and you're just getting bits and pieces, it doesn't have the same kind of value because in our lives, Josh's life, my life, your life, Tiffany, all of you that are watching this, every little moment, every second that we are taking information and processing it, it all stacks up to be something else in the end. When we realize that, who knows? Um, but it's a journey and a process. And it's definitely clear that this is happening. A lot of people are having these experiences. And Josh and I, we've been, we've been the ones that are lucky and blessed because we've had the opportunity to talk to all these people and just be an ear for them. Sometimes all people need it's just someone to listen to them, and it's so therapeutic, and it can help them overcome whatever they experience. So, Josh, there's a question for you. Terry wants to know what your shirt says. <laughs> Hello, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> don't talk to strangers. <laughs> don't don't talk to Naboo, the Orion Alliance. The Montre, the hostile grace, the Ebon, avoid them. Don't trust them. Josh knows he got it on there. <laughs> I love it. That's great. That's a great shirt. Oh, and in your intro, speaking of t-shirts, this is the newest one, the oh, Order of Light. Gorgeous. We, we got the Merkaba with the ancient yes. Egyptian hieroglyphs, mer ka fur. I love that. Yep. Pretty cool. That's that a new is. one out. So that's in the merch store. That's a new one I dropped. How to get the Merkaba energy, you know? <laughs> and so that they can do that by going to your to your YouTube. If they go to channel. my YouTube underneath of the videos, you'll see the merch store. There's a store on there. So all through the YouTube, you can check that out. And also in the link that I provided that will be in the description. Uh, that link will have all of my socials and all that good stuff on there. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. 
then I put it in the chat too, so you can click on it. Okay, just click it, leave it open Perfect. in another tab, but don't go to it yet. Just stay here and watch. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely open it in another tab so you can go get some of these great shirts, these <laughs> great designs. Yeah. So. Thank you. Thank you. So let's say there's many who haven't heard your story, Robert. Can you just tell us what happened to you? Uh, briefly, born. I don't want to ho hog all the time. A lot of time, I'm always the one doing all the talking, and Josh is kind of, you know, sitting over there. I'm too busy uh, yapping my mouth, but um, it's an incredible story, a lot of different layers. But briefly, when I was about four years old, I had a UFO crash behind my house. My mother called 911. What happened after that? became known as the Lower Alloways Creek Incident. Lower Alloways Creek is in southern New Jersey, not far from the Salem County nuclear plant. The creek that is attached to the nuclear plant goes directly behind her house. A elongated triangular craft with three blue lights and a, some sort of plasma white light in the center of it. It exploded and crashed behind her house. Uh, shortly after that, two black cars arrived out of one of them. There was an uh, Air Force gentleman out of the other two men in black. At the scene of the crash, you had the Gloucester County Coast Guard in New Jersey that patrolled the nuclear plant. They were there. They had black tarps on the ground, turning the firefighters around. The firefighter was my cousin, Calvin Hill. He's the fire chief. And they turned them around, but the firefighters saw the black tarps on the marsh, and the marsh was all gouged up. They said there was big gouges in it. Um, no signs of fire, though. I don't know what kind of aircraft could explode and not leave burn marks. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Um, but, yeah, and uh, turned out the Air Force, the men in black, that's exactly who these gentlemen were. This was April 21st, 1991, 10:18 p.m. at night. Uh, it was a big ordeal, all-night thing. Men in Black threatened my mother to report it as a helicopter. They told my family that the media would be coming out because the Men in Black and the government in Deep State, they actually fund and put the stories out there. All the things you see on History Channel, the government had its hands on it first. They spew the narrative out, and they play the narrative. And in this case, it was a helicopter crash, although no helicopter was ever found, reported missing, nor should have been flying there because a nuclear plant is a no-fly zone. This is April 21st, 1991, long before the Men in Black movies. And while they were out, a lot of other people came out, and during the time of the Men in Black, they asked a lot of weird questions. They asked my mother, can you draw three different kinds of extraterrestrials? Uh, my mother asked them three very valuable questions to be brief. My mother asked the first question she asked them is, are these things dangerous? My mother was 22-year-old, single mother. I was four years old, no dad in the picture, out in the country. She asked them three simple questions. I think this is the most important part of the story, honestly, more important than the extraterrestrials and all that. But um, the men in black uh, responded. Her first question was, you know, are these things dangerous? The men in black said if they were dangerous, do you, you know, think we would still be here? Good, good answer. The second question my mother asked them is, why don't people know about these things? Men in black said we're doing everything we can by preconditioning. And within the next 10 years, you will see signs of extraterrestrials and all sorts of media, movies, books, all, everything you can imagine. 
My mom said, okay, it makes sense. And uh, we were country folks, so simple questions. And the third question, which after my mother had a brief regression hypnosis therapy that the gentleman from the Air Force did on my mother after the crash, my mother revealed a lot of different pieces of her being in contact. And when the men in black asked my mom and her two girlfriends if they could draw three different kinds of extraterrestrials, my mom actually drew three different kinds of extraterrestrials. She didn't know what they were. Uh, we weren't alien folk. We we're country religious folk, sort of. So it was very strange. And uh, they did a brief regression uh, therapy. I like to call it regression. It, was, it wasn't like, a, oh, you're getting sleepy. It was a regression therapy on my mother. Not once did they, uh, the gentleman from the Air Force and two men in black, not once did they ever ask about the actual craft crash they didn't ask about it at all none of their questions obtained to what my mom her two girlfriends my aunt next door which actually called my mom because she <clears> saw <throat> it first i saw it and a few other people made reports to the police station saying that they saw it but they were farther away so they didn't get to see the detail uh after obtaining reports of the incident the cloud coverage was 1200 foot the clouds were low it was raining t uh, in april 10 o'clock at night you know and uh this thing was very low above the tree line the following day the mutual ufo network came out the philadelphia kyw three child news came out my aunt had to take her phone off the hook because she was receiving so many calls from hollywood the kicker is my family remained anonymous. So how all of these people were finding out that this was going on in the helicopter narrative that they were playing, because that's what the men in black planted. And then MUFON reported on the story, but still went along the men in black narrative. And actually being involved with this case and being a part of it and putting I've waited 30 years. I never had evidence that this happened to my family. I told people, and a lot of times I would get reactions. It took me 30 years. Two years ago in June, I finally found the evidence. Unfortunately, it was two months after my mother passed away. After all those years of my mother and I crying because people would laugh at us when we would tell them we had a UFO crash behind our house. Well, my mother would tell people that I have beings that she didn't necessarily understand you know taking her experimenting on her you know and communicating messages and peace and love and good positive feelings you know it was a lot of different spectrums she says she was never afraid but some of the programs she was involved in for example the hybrid program is very traumatizing seeing her babies and not being able to be with them very um uh heartbreaking for her and i that's one that's the reason i'm doing everything that i'm doing and i've talked to so many amazing strong strong women out there that remind me of my mother so much elena um a few other people judy green right Josh, you remember Judy Absolutely. Green? Yes, of course. <laughs> and, you know, they these people are kind of, not to put anyone's age out there, but they're around my mother's age, you know, mm -hmm. before she, my mother was only, you know, 51 years old. She was young, died very young. Yeah. And, 
a big part of that was due because my mother to deal with this, not having anyone to talk to, she found out that drinking alcohol, when the poison was in her bloodstream, these situations would stop happening to her, you know, and it helped her block it all out because she didn't have anyone to talk to. So even the positive encounter she was having, you know, regardless if it was negative or positive or anything like that, it didn't matter because to have an experience like that and not be able to share because you live out in the country and you're surrounded by people that have been brought up a certain way to think a certain way. And it's, uh, it's tough. And uh, unfortunately that finally led to, you know, a bigger, you know, issue. And that's why Josh and I and everything we're doing with, we are the disclosure. We're just letting people know like, Hey, you don't have to hold this in. You can get it out there. I, Josh and I, we're not here to interrogate people. When we interview people, we're not interrogating them. Mm-hmm. We're asking questions. Mm-hmm. We're listening. And when they say something, we ask them more questions about what they're saying, you know? And and if there's anything that relates, Josh and I, we both, uh, if some someone else, if we heard someone else say the same thing, we let these people know so they can have a little valid, you know, um, validation. It's important. Oh, it is. I, I love your shows and your interviews, and, and both of you are very compassionate and and listen and let let them express um, what happened to them. And so I think that's wonderful that you'll do that. Um, Josh, do you do you have an ET experience? Uh, not that I'm aware of, or I want to share. <laughs> um, <laughs> not that you're uh, aware of. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there, there's more to that. I just yeah. want everyone yeah. to know, but um, I, I I'm should... more or less the paranormal side of we are the disclosure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with, I... with, with with Josh to kind of step in from you know, a lot of us have experiences, and I've had experiences. Some I understand very little, and others. Although it happened, it's clear as day. I'm still having a hard time processing it. And I I don't really want to put a lot of things out there because I don't want people to fill in the blanks for me. You know what I mean? It's our own spiritual journey. And we want to make sure that we have a better understanding of our experiences before we start to pour them out there. Right, Josh? Right. Well, I have to tell you that watching, you know, your your disclosure shows and, and then Elena Denon and then Dr. Michael Salia, you know, you really start to, to revisit the things that's happened to you as a child and then growing up and these things that are kind of like, huh, wow, you know, because our mind is very protective, isn't it? And sometimes it creates these, okay, let's just glaze over this and move on. But then you start hearing things and you're like, I wonder, hmm, wow. <laughs> so don't, don't ignore that. Don't think that you're going crazy either. And I love that you're, you, all of you are giving a safe space to come forward and share. And that's exactly what we need. That's it. That's so important. And, it is so much. It's a lifelong experience, you know, 
I, not to get into it too much, but I've had a lot of incredible experiences. And at the time that these experiences were happening, they were kind of at a left alone. But when you see things in longevity, like a lot of things, you know, what, why did I go to Bible college? You know, I used to ask myself, why did I waste all my time? I've never went to a job interview and said, I'm a pastor. I probably won't get the job. Um, I, I've actually hit it. I, I've been like ashamed to, to, to be it almost. Uh, I'm not because I got to learn so much. But, you know, um, it, being in a band, why was I in a band? You know, why? Why was I doing that in a metal band and playing these stages? Why did I go to the Middle East? And, you know, I was teaching English, among other things. And, um, you know, why did all these things happen? You know, why, why, why did I have a, you know, just a mom, no dad around? You know, why was I brought up, you know, just all those little things. And then when you finally get to a point, you become self-aware and in tune and you have your awakening or your uh, reconnection to your subconscious, maybe, you know, that's a better way of saying it. Uh, when you have this reconnection to the universe and your subconscious and your consciousness, um, you start to understand these little moments and, you know, it all stacks up and it kind of helps us understand the bigger picture a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So how did you and, and Josh meet? Josh, take it away, Bob. Uh, TikTok. Uh, I came across a video of Rob's about a cartoon from the '90s, and I just randomly hit him up, and I was like, "Hey!" And, and that it just yep. it just sparked from there. <laughs> yeah, Josh. Josh was one of those day ones from the early days, and early on when I made YouTube, it's just nothing was really happening. I posted my documentary. It took off. <coughs> no. Oh. Bright lights, man. Whoa, I got them rocking. Uh, yeah, so the documentary started taking off. It wasn't doing good. So I went to TikTok and I just, I knew I needed to get exposure in order to do what I'm doing today. It's always been a part of the plan. I actually, I, I kind of went, I did everything kind of backwards and up and around because it's the only way because from day one, my story has really been hush-hush, cut out of Google algorithms. You can type word for word the documentary name, and it don't show up on Google, even though the video has 90,000 views and has been shared by news agencies and stuff. Little weird. Little weird. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of that going on. Um but after that, I got on TikTok, and Josh was one of those guys where he just came out. I would go live uh, every single night talking about different extraterrestrials, teaching people about the universe, uh, and just answering people's questions. He was there every night. And then when the time came, I wanted to have a co-host and a good butt of mine to just be there to kind of ask the, the questions that I forget to ask. Because I am an experiencer and I'm thinking a thousand miles away off up in another universe. Josh is the guy that's, you know, logical and he he, he asks the questions sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So the, the questions that like I I forget the good questions, simple questions, but valuable questions that I just 
over my head, you know, I get wrapped up in it. <laughs> so it, it's a good balance. Yin and the yang. Right. <laughs> and Josh has a lot of background in like crypto terrestrials and paranormal yeah. and like that realm. So oh, when wow. you, you know, it's, it's all the same thing. It's all about frequencies and vibrations. Yeah. No, no matter what your thing is, if you're in anything that is valuable and expanding your mind, at the core of it, it's going to be frequency and vibration. Whether you're a witch, a ghost hunter, a cryptozoologist, it don't matter. A UFO hunter, a person channeling, talking to ETs, it don't matter. It's all happening through frequency and vibration. That's it. That's it exactly. It's all about that frequency and vibration. And a it, lot of different ways to get to it. Playing music, for example, like you see behind me, you know, you know, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So you're a musician too, huh? Uh yes. My uh my band was I Am History. It was back in 2010. We were signed on CI Records. Some other big metal bands on that record label. You had uh, August Burns Red, Texas in July. I was touring a lot with Vice Nine Kills, which they're on like the top iTunes charts right now. And August Burns Red, they've they've won Grammys and stuff for metal music. And um, we were in that scene in Lancaster. You know, uh, I went to you know college and all that out in Gettysburg. And afterwards, I started a metal band going around the country, helping young people coming from broken homes, um, addiction stuff like that. And just doing amazing, awesome stuff on stage. You know, I, I've been helping people my whole life. You know, um, I, I was a pastor. I, I was a front man, a youth minister. I was a screamer in a Christian metal band. Have a show with a thousand people. And, you know, just giving positive messages. And just, uh, you know, I, I was, I don't like to say praying. I was praying. I was praying with the kids and everything. But these days we're meditating and manifesting a little differently yes, yes. Uh, i was i was manifesting with these crowds i i fair i feel better saying it that way because that's what it was and mm -hmm. um i got to be a part of a lot of awesome things being you know i, I went to bible college blah 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 all that became a pastor so um, in that world, I got to learn so much. I got to see what frequency and vibration can do when people put out the energy and the positivity. It can help someone stand up out of a wheelchair. I've, I've been a, I've been a part of that, like someone that I took care of all the time. So I knew they weren't faking it. And like, uh, you know, me and five other people, this woman stood up. So, you know, it's about frequency, 528, you know, heart chakra, you know, that, that repairs genetic DNA. Scientists are using this to repair DNA. So, yeah, of course it's good for us, you know, and we can project this onto others. And this is the best way to live your life. And from all the things I've studied and eventually I went to live in the Middle East. I walked away from the church after they called me a demon for having my first physical extraterrestrial, my only, my only and first like physical right in front of me, what I would call like an extraterrestrial. I had a couple other ones. I thought they were kind of like strange dreams or whatever, but um, the only like physical wide awake right in front of me, that was back in 2012. And wow. um, 
that's when a lot of everything started clicking. I was pretty dumb. I was 24 years old. And um, that's the moment things really clicked and things started coming to, to me, you know, talking to my ancestors, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, all that good stuff. Wow. Wow. So there was a great question. And I, there was someone who was going to watch the show tonight, but they couldn't. So they, they had asked a question, too. Um, and it's right. It's the same as let me see who, who asked this question. Terry. Terry, but let's put it for both of you. Think about this now. Think about one of your most crazy experiences. Josh, it could be paranormal. It could be about something you want to talk about. Because <laughs> I know a lot of that. <laughs> but think about what your craziest experience has been. If you want to share it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> That's a tough one. Josh, right. You, you want to go? It'll give me time to think about my. Uh, one of my crazier ghosted hunting way back in the day, we had somebody fall in a river. That was pretty insane to deal with. What What happened to them after they fell in the river? Uh, they insinuated they were shoved in the river. I don't know. They lost their flashlight and kept walking through the woods and fell in the river. So I, you know, how cold still was to this the day. river? How cold? Uh, was it time? No, it was probably like fall, oh, Wisconsin. Wow. So you know, yeah, that's cold. That, that's not warm <laughs> water in Wisconsin. No way. I I wouldn't dive in there. Sounds like someone right. put them in there. That's wild. Uh, for for me, I, I don't want to get too much into it because I was actually planning on making a video about it. <laughs> but um, I definitely, I mean, I saw a UFO crash behind my house. I've, I've seen some other things that I, I don't feel comfortable sharing publicly quite yet. Mm -hmm. um, but probably the most compelling, and keep in mind my background, I was a pastor. I said I believed in these things from a young age. I knew extraterrestrials existed. My mother would talk about all the different species and beings she was being taken, you know, or, you know, sometimes it was positive, you know, loving, uplifting, positive messages given to her. Sometimes beings were helping her and other times beings were just, you know, essentially using her. Um, but you know, that this went on for such a long time. And with everything that, you know, I've learned and all the experiences and all the craziest things, the moment that everything clicked for me was when I saw this light being in my living room. And that was the 2012 incident. And at that moment, although, I, and I did a lot of paranormal stuff. I've been to some amazing paranormal places around the country, world. I've seen some insane things. This, this being of light was the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. And at that moment, even though I was a pastor, I was a pastor hard in my Christianity at that time. When I saw that, a part of me said, Man, I guess I did have doubt. I guess I did have some doubt I didn't even realize I had until I actually saw the thing, 
which I didn't have a lot of doubt because of my experience learning about aliens and UFOs. Eventually, when I was 16, that's finally when I got involved with church. My mother warned me not to get involved with it. I did it anyway because when I read the Bible, I said, oh, these guys are seeing aliens and UFOs too. And look, the whole church, all these Christians, they don't call these people crazy. So maybe this is the place where I can fit in. And it turns out it don't work that way. That, that was just me being a naive, young, and wanting to be a good person and do good in the world. That's all I wanted to do is help others. And, you know, in, in our society back then, that, that's how you helped others. I just wanted to be a good boy. That, that, that's it, you know. And uh, so, you know, through all that, the craziest thing I ever saw briefly I was in my living room. I lived in a small apartment in Delaware. Curtains all blocked out behind a highway outside. I was playing with my kitty cat in my living room with my TV in front of me. My ex was in our back room and we had a big walk-in closet. She was folding clothes and putting them all away. I was standing there playing with my cat and this ball of this blue ball of light like that just appeared. And it was all moving inside. I describe it as water spaghetti, like electric water spaghetti. Mm. It was blue. It was just hovering there only for Mississippi. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi. At four Mississippi, it was probably right there to give you some distance, you know, some scale, you know. It was about two and a half to three feet in front of me. At the four-second mark, this object sucked itself into itself, and when it, like, went out, it made a flat flash of light. And when that happened, I had an awful pain, like someone stabbed me right in my forehead. It was uh, almost like a sinus pressure. If, like, your ears are popping or up in the mountains or underwater too deep and you come up real quick and you get that real bad pain, it was awful. It was actually really painful. And at that moment, that's that's when I, you know, started put a lot of things together, especially about my mom's experiences. I was kind of shown all those through a different uh, point of view. I was told things about myself I wasn't aware of until I called my mother saying, "Yo, I just I just saw this thing. I don't want to get too much into it," um, but. At that moment, my mother said, I've been waiting for you to get old enough and have your own experience before I tell you what she told me at that moment in time. And I completely understand why she did it, because it's something I'm still processing till, you know, today. Um, But yeah, uh, just seeing that for the first time in my life, I was 110 percent sure when, when I was a Christian and pastor, I would say I was 99.9% or maybe even 100%. I was a true believer. So I was like 100% sure. But then I realized 110% when I saw that. And I'm like, there are things that I don't understand and no one else understands, but they clearly exist. And the kicker was the day I saw that object, it was April 21st, 2012. I didn't know my family's UFO crash case at the time. I just discovered the exact date. We only knew the year. I just discovered the exact date two years ago. It turns out the day I saw that light being, 
anniversary date, 21 years to the date. Yeah. Wow. So it's wow. somehow, some way, it's overlapping. There's a lot more to the story. After I saw that flash, all of a sudden, I started hearing people. I didn't know who they were. They were my ancestors, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know who they were just because they're talking to me. And I see a face. It doesn't mean I know who this person from 600 years ago is. You know, <laughs> it's just the voice talking. And uh, probably... The most important thing, which I won't really discuss too much online, I've never talked about it, I never read it out loud near technology, but um, it gave me a math equation for harnessing an atom of light and producing uh, some sort of, you know, super energy and transportation. Uh, it's the T73 equation. Uh, I've had a handful of people in the Middle East professors that I trusted that. I, I knew nothing would happen in person. I've let them look mm-hmm. at it and none of them can solve it. And if math people can't solve your math problem, that means you're doing something right. Wow. And uh, along with that, I got a prototype which could be used. It's essentially, uh, I don't want to say a pyramid, but it's in that shape, but it's a reactor slash starship. It can mm-hmm. either or you could actually take it somewhere else and dock it and have energy for a hundred years off of this, uh, you know, atom of light. But that's what they're working on in Geneva. They just don't know how to harness it. And my math problem is the harnessing. And I've learned from history that some things are better left unsaid. I want to use it so we all have free energy and we're good to go and we don't have to have wars over oil anymore. That's what I want to do. Problem is, Military complex would love to be able to not just wipe out any country, but this technology, they can wipe out much, much more, you know, mm-hmm. not good. I'll go to the grave with it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we've had that and we know. Uh, unless people, we change. Unless right, we change. Yes. yeah, yeah. The people in history who regret giving their, right? Yeah. Yeah, the guys that worked on the first atomic, you know, bomb and the hydrogen bomb, uh, they regretted learning the splitting of an atom, you yes. know. Yes, yeah. Which which was amazing and could be used for so much good. Yeah. But any new technology must first be weaponized before it's given to the public. And that's the problem. That, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I... I love what Miles has said. He's like, there's no such, or Miles said, there's no such extreme coincidences. There are confirmations from above. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And big shout out to everyone that's out. Elena Danan, Roxanne, yeah. Terry, Robert Myers, uh, Miles, everyone. Hello. Welcome. I just want to, I, I, I see all your comments. Glad all of you are here. Just want to shout everyone out real quick. No, of course. I <laughs> love that. Yeah, you got to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, wow, this is a really, really great, uh, great information. And if any of the viewers, you have a question for them, put it in the comments and uh, be happy to. I know that a lot of you, yeah. know and, but you, you still have great questions. <laughs> Robert is an honorable man. Yes, Robert and Josh both are honorable beings. Absolutely, man. So yeah, yeah, we love you. Okay. So uh yeah. 
yes, absolutely. Yeah, long, long journey, big journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, love what you said about your mother sharing that they, that she had some really good experiences, peaceful, loving, and then not so good experiences. And, you know, that's the first time I've heard someone have both. A, a lot of people do. Josh and I, what we've learned, and so many people can back this up, Elena and Danan as well, you know, oftentimes, sometimes beings that are using other, you know, human beings for cer- certain experiments and testing, generally people that are involved with these things there are positive beings that are trying to help. There's only so much they can do to the laws of non-interference, but from a lot of the people that are in contact with these positive beings, it generally starts when they're very, very young, especially women, when they get their menstrual cycle, that's when stuff really starts. And normally the menstrual cycle It started around nine years old. My mother was nine years old. A lot of abductees, very early menstrual cycles. I think they click them in to start earlier so they could start harvesting the women's embryos and eggs. That's what they're doing. That's how they create these hybrids. And that's what my mother was a part of. And I think because she was involved with all that, especially the tall whites, the gray species, they're grays. They're called tall whites. They're actually tall grays. They have a very light skin complexion, almost look white. And they're like a mercenary species. And they're involved with a lot of other different things as well. But they were using my mother's eggs to create these, you know, beings. And it was a process. And, you know, from that, these other beings started getting involved. My mom always talked about ones she called the blues. My mom didn't have fancy names for them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now the Zetas, she called the Zetas. For some reason, the little tiny grays, okay. she knew they were Zetas. Uh, for example, the Octorians she was seeing, which this ball of light thing was a, along that Octorian realm, possibly higher density in its highest form. They are higher density beings. But my mom would talk about these beings. They look like gray extraterrestrials. They are absolutely not gray extraterrestrials. They are highly spiritually evolved humanoids. And at a certain point, when you realize the universe is within your mind, don't you want your mind to be as big as possible, right? And uh, a higher density. And then eventually they just become energy balls, like the thing that I saw in front of me. That's what they become in like the ninth density. They just become a figure of energy. And so my mom would talk about the blues. She would call the draconian reptilians. She would call them snakes, large Mm -hmm. snakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other times uh, she would talk about the Nordics, all the, you know, now who they were specifically. There's a lot of different Nordic species and not all Nordic species are good. I want to clear that up (laughs) just because it has blonde hair, white skin does not mean that you can trust it. If you don't believe me, ask my native ancestors. 
it don't work <laughs> out for you you know uh you know so like it, it, there are hostile very self-seeking mercenary uh blondes out there but for example all positive species for the most part you know there are a few one-offs over there but the palladians very positive loving my mom called these blonde beings you know nordics mm. you know she just she described them uh the mantis she called them mantis because they, yeah. they, they look like a prey man like her descriptions of these things was coming from a small country farm girl that has no education higher than high school and yet when my mother would go into these regressions with the mutual ufo network like bud hopkins richard butler like a lot of big people were involved with this whole thing okay with my mother and like the things my mother would say was just like things about genetics and dna for someone with a high school education out and you know you know bum village out there out in the middle of nowhere it's basically alabama south jersey nuclear plant no no cell phone reception right now and uh it, it was it, it was a lot and uh like the show's sightings on sob mysteries they came out they recorded her doing a regression they were gonna blur her out because my family remained anonymous to this whole thing and uh but that never aired I, i'm sure the men in black probably has something to do with that you know they they were involved and after we saw them at our house we never laid eyes on them ever again just want to state that fact out there they stay away from me <laughs> <laughs> no that, that's great because i know that some people have questions like that too um and that um it's not all bad experiences it's not all good you know you gotta have the combination right because there's there's more than one type of et Right. So, yeah. um, absolutely. You know, great question, Kim. Does the RH blood factor prove hybrid origin? Now, Elena Dunan does talk about that in a gift from the stars book. Um, I would have had her books right here by me, but I love these books. Um, I did, did actually read that section, um, about the RH, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on one yeah, of my right. shows in the past. <laughs> and so did, yeah, it's really good. You just got to get her. Everyone should get her books, her both her books. Um, the first one, I, I refer back to it a lot, just like it looks like Robert's, how it's been thumbed through. <laughs> oh, yo, my, my, mine is torn to... I swear my Bible didn't look like this when I was a pastor in Bible college. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. Look at it. Josh knows. Josh knows this book just as good. Right. Do you do. need a hard cover. <laughs> I, I, I need a steel cover. Josh hey, is nicer Elena, to his can, books. Elena, can you make a metal copy that is covered in titanium? Because I got sweaty hands. I'm the, I, I'm always sweaty hands, sweaty feet. It must be my genetics. I don't know why. Really sweaty. So the salt in my hands, like you can tell if I don't read your book, it's in perfect condition. If your book is falling apart. I really like your book. I love that. Put them into copper plates. You know? <laughs> yeah. Make it like the emerald tablet. Yeah. Put yeah. emerald around it. There you Elena go. Elena Denon, the new age doll. 
<laughs> so, so Kim, you got to refer to her book because it's not just the RH blood factor, but your blood type as well. So they're both important, right? I want to add something on. I, I, fool, people bring up the RH thing so much. Mm -hmm. there, there are connections. RH negative is useful to a specific species. With that being said, people with that blood type will find themselves having some quirky experiences. More importantly, other blood types are also extremely valuable to other extraterrestrial yeah. species. The problem is the ones that like the RH negative, it's such a rare one. So it's more of a, you know, um, a comedy, you know, something oh fancy for them. So it's something that's more sought out. So there's people with that because there's such a small number. They're going to have, you know, where other people with B positive, for example, you know, millions and millions, probably billions of people would be positive. So, you know, they can kind of pick throughout the herd and get what they need or whatever. But people with this RH, you know, it is unique. But more importantly than any blood type, way more important, genetics. DNA is the currency of the universe, not blood type. It's genetics, 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 genetics. Most of us have over 22 different species of extraterrestrials in us. And some of us have well over over that. You know, so like we, it's, you know, the magical parts of dna that scientists don't quite understand that's why they only say we only understand three percent uh the other 96 percent it's just junk dna who who knows who cares it's junk throw it out it's there for no reason no it's there for a reason you're just too stupid to understand the reason because you're held by the political science and you don't expand your mind to understand that the rest of it is talking to your ancestors because they're encoded within your genetics extraterrestrial ancestors earthly ancestors other universally dimensional ancestors everything's encoded that is valuable that's that's the big bucks right so there dna is more valuable than our blood type and rh factor yes genetic yeah. code yes. you want to know yes. why they call it genetic code why do they use the word code what other things that we talk about that are codes, right? AI, computers, codes, video games. Yes. Why do they call it genetic code? It's because genetics is AI. It's artificially designed. It's intelligently designed. And that's what makes it so freaking awesome. And that's why it's the key. Now, certain blood types definitely play a role with certain extra, the Anunnaki, they, they, they kind of fancy the RH because back in the day, they would take that blood type and they could create a bunch of really strange looking beings to kind of <laughs> stay here on earth and oversee things. And a lot of these beings, you see them carved in stone and you can still see them today. So, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So I love that Alana said, okay, yes, she's going to get to engraving. It's probably going to take be ready in 200 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, Elena. Oh, uh, so, but you know what? <laughs> just find me in my other vessel. I'm, I might, I might be a light being by then. I might be in the seventh density. I might have a little bit more electricity. I might have a bird's beak and some talons. But find me. I'll be in Beta Centauri. You can come see me. I'll be chilling by the beach. <laughs>
Oh, uh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but you know, time is just a, it's slipping. <laughs> yeah, no right. such thing as time. And when you study history, like my band's name was I Am History. Like, you know, it's it, it's what it is. Oh, wow. It goes quick. <laughs> So this is interesting. We think with Miles' comment, DNA is the second most valuable commodity in our universe. The first is your soul. Yep. Feel about that. Yep. He's right. He's mm -hmm. right. He's absolutely right. Uh, let's put it this way: if genetics is the currency of the universe, the thread that holds it together is the soul. You know, it, it's it's the soul because. That, that light, the source energy that is found, whether people call it God, Allah, whatever, this idea that there is something that kind of created everything and the entire universe and other densities, they're just little molecules, part of something much larger. And whatever that initial source energy, that's why they call it the source, whatever the point of energy that this energy originally came from, Essentially, we're all stardust, and we all come from this same source, and that's the common thread that just holds everything together. It literally connects it. The great cosmic web, the new photos, it's not every day that NASA you know, gives us breadcrumbs that are of any sort of value, but the James Webb Telescope, what they're showing you is truly how everything is connected especially using the infrared where you can see the electromagnetic energy and see how these patterns and every single star has these energies going in between them every we're one you know one piece operating everything is in existence is one piece operating and that's where the source energy comes in and that's where the magic happens <laughs> Wow, that's uh... and magic is a good thing. Magic is a you science that people that don't understand. <laughs> magic <laughs> is science that people don't understand. It's not magic. There's no such thing as magic. Just science that you don't understand. Someone out sciencing you. Am I right, Josh? What do you know about magic? <laughs> maybe maybe it's the other way around. There's no science. There's only magic. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that. that there's no Touché. science. Magic. Yeah. yeah. It's true. One yeah. or the other. <laughs> <laughs> science that you don't understand. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Science that you don't yeah. understand. You know, the the not tainted science. All right. The the corrupt I mean in which there's so much corruption around. Um, uh, because the, the true science is, is like, but there you go. It but is it's, magic. It's truly it is. magical, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's a good one. <laughs> magic and science. Sounds like a TV show from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I like that. I'm reading, I'm reading the comments where everyone is like, why does he keep looking down? I'm reading everyone. Same. <laughs> That's why I keep it. clicking back. <laughs> yeah. <for sure. laughs> yeah We're all doing that. That's great. So. It's been an amazing, amazing journey. Um, helping so many people that were, you know, in my mom's uh, position, like, uh, same thing with Elena, you know, her story, <laughs> my mother's is so similar. 
And the crazy part about her story and my mother's story, they were going through these things at the exact same time. You know, there's a lot of layers to it, a lot of synchronicities, and I'm kind of just the product of it all, you know? And I, I, I don't quite understand everything, and I'm trying to, and I... A lot of people will say, oh, you, you know so much, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I, I don't know anything. I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I won't, I won't be satisfied until they're in front of me and they take me and I can go check out the universe, take a little weekend trip, come back. And it's only been like 20 seconds. You know, um, that, that's what I'm looking forward to. Actual contact. That's what I want. So that's my mission. I try not to get too wrapped up in, you know, my my past, you know, memories, you know, that soul that we were talking about, that energy has been around for a long time. Mm. That energy just moves around where it moves that I can't answer for anyone. I don't know, but it does move around. May you be a rock. May you be another human being. May you be on another planet. I don't know, and no one else can possibly know, because the universe is technically predictable, but absolutely unpredictable. It, it, it all has the same outcome, but how it gets there is completely unpredictable. That's the universe. <laughs> well, I look forward to when, you know, we could use portals, and again, portals in each big city. Main city had a Stargate a long time ago, right? You know, you just... There was no cars. There was none of this. You just, you know, we're just going to go to the Starks, you know, do the Stargate. And so it would be nice, you know, so in October, we just go to the Stargate, go down to Orlando, you know, to, to that conference. And, you know, and they come back. And, hey, it was great. Yeah. And, hey, they, they could still charge money because I know they, they want they want to do things backwards so the you know, big government can make money off of it, do all the technology backwards but they could still charge for a stargate you know 300 bucks you know and just boom you're instantly there so that's a great can humans they, have portals too like Jerry, you mean like a personal portal <laughs> sam sam probably can humans have portals can you open a portal oh ha, ha. josh paranormal <laughs> can you open a portal <laughs> can i open a portal no, I would not still be in Wisconsin if I could open portals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I know this is going to sound crazy. <laughs> Welcome to... Uh, but we, we can open portals. Not in the sense... Uh, I know we're thinking Rick and Morty. All right? We're thinking Rick and Morty <laughs> portal gun. All right? Not in the sense of those portals, but energetic portals. We can manipulate the frequencies that are around us from using tools uh, such as a singing bowl or playing a certain frequency or hertz vibration, a sound, a hum. You can actually manipulate things. And when you manipulate frequency and vibration, you actually can cause a rift depends on the surrounding frequency and vibration. And when you have a rift, a rubbing of this frequency and this frequency coming together, that can actually open up 
things. Essentially, lightning that you see in the sky that is producing gamma rays, which is very important for UFO sightings, nuclear plants, volcanoes, and lightning all attract this stuff. They're clearly using that sort of natural energy versus our stupid ACDC current backwards expensive technology. But, you know, that's a big, big part of it, you know, like that lightning and this this connection and how it works and what what they're seeking it all plays a big big part with all of that so i've noticed in healing when i would healing sessions um portals would open and these big beautiful beings would come in and and how and sometimes i'll just get pushed aside i'll go to i'll just i'm just going to go to the person's feet and let them work tall blue built uh beings you know other beings come in it depends on the person right and i guess yes. who, who who's around them and but i've seen them come through portals and, and and work on people during healing sessions and it's like wow this is so amazing and it's just holding the space holding the frequency for that whole thing happening and it's and it's very mind-blowing um but beautiful too to see that done yeah and, you know, especially when you have more than one person, that's more energy output. And a group of people can do quite remarkable things. Mm. Believe me on that. You know, the amplification of energy, especially if they have the tools that are amplifying it. Um, a lot of wild things. And right now, in this physical form, we could actually handle going through a Stargate. We wouldn't fall apart or anything. I know some people have wondered, are you know, are we not evolved enough to go through these things? No, it, it would work. You know, you might have to adjust the settings uh, per density of being that you're sending through, but it would definitely work. <laughs> Good news. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kim, a lot of that is... Um, that's a good question, Tom. I mean, are there are there underground water bases, dark side of the moon? Okay, you know how much time you got? <laughs> oh yeah, right. all of that. <laughs> uh, there, Josh and I. Josh, are there domes? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, you can even go on YouTube and find videos of truckers bringing using set dumps they're not even that secretive anymore if you go to colorado springs and look at the space force headquarters on google maps you can find two entrances into the mountain that is right there and not to mention, I will eventually probably be doing a video. I have a family member. I don't want to say very, very close family member. Uh, high clearance, Kate Canaveral, you know, works for NASA, Space Force, Aerospace Industry, operator. They have a massive dumb down there, and they got technology you can't even imagine. That's it. That's it. SpaceX has flying saucers. Uh, Space Force is not using the X-37B, that little sorry-looking uh, space shuttle that with, with no weapons on it. What military vehicle do you know that don't have weapons on it? You really think the Space Force is using that? No. I know what the Space Force has. Imagine something three times larger than the Empire State Building weaponized space station. That's what they got. 
Mm-hmm. They they have crafts that are able to do some wonky things due to the reverse engineering of recovered ex, recovered and stolen extraterrestrial craft. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So a lot of the things we're seeing, a lot of it's the government, a lot of it's extraterrestrials. The extraterrestrials, they don't have to be bashful anymore. You know, although the public quite don't comprehend the extent of disclosure that's happening right now, they don't need to. They stopped caring. They used to have to be discreet. They're not being discreet. They're not coming down and hopping out and doing the cha-cha with us, but they are not hiding themselves, and anyone can go online and see the amount of people that are recording these things. I just posted a bunch of videos. The one video for World UFO Day, 21 different UFO videos that I recorded in a matter of two weeks. You know, it's insane. Yeah, that's great. I love your videos. And you go out there and you do you, you capture some really great footage there. And so even the one you just posted last night or yesterday, right? So Oh, the lightning, that yeah. quick flash. Yes, yeah. And you heard my response. I was like, Yeah, what I, I didn't understand. And and I'm sure you guys have seen it too, and a lot of you watching. I've always seen these things with my physical eye, but I thought it was from coming out of my house with lights, going outside, I always assumed it was my eyes playing tricks on me. But you hear me on the video, I said, I just saw that. And then I watched the video. I'm like, I'm not just seeing things. Oh, crap. I wonder how many things I've seen that could have been something else. And I just dismissed it. Well, my eyes are adjusting. I'm just seeing, you know, distant stars in the background that are peeking in. And I'm losing my mind, you know, but no. That's why uh, I tell people just start recording and, you know, and what everyone doesn't see is the hours of videos where there's absolutely nothing. That's so important. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Not a, I, I have probably like uh, 40 different videos taken with my telescope of the moon waiting to capture something like super high quality. I haven't caught anything yet, but, but I'm doing it. That's what the public doesn't see. But when I capture something, I promise everyone will see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, you just go out there and record, or do you talk to them, ask them to come? You put that frequency out there. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm like a little kid when I see them. Like, I, I sound like a little kid, like, begging for cookies. I'm like, oh, please, please. Like, like, like the one I recorded, I was like, oh, 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 like I, I get so worked up. And then a lot of times in the videos, I calm that heart rate because they pick up on that stuff. And the more calm you are, the more intense the activity is going to be. So even though it's a happy, excited, uh, I, I do come to a point where I'm like, all right, it's go time. I got to calm it, take a breath in and make sure that I'm capturing this on film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, but it's cute when to hear you get all excited like that. <laughs> like, oh, wow. So contagious. Well, you get us all going. Yeah. Like uh, J- James Gilligan uh, of um, Mount Adams, East Seti Ranch, he posted a phenomenal UFO video, a whole fleet of them. 
And the guy he was with and him, oh, it was hilarious because their reaction, because I've captured the power-ups too. Well, they caught an entire fleet of UFOs going every which way possible, all power. It was absolutely insane video. And uh, I've had a lot of friends that have went out to Mount Adams, out the East SETI uh, Ranch, and they've seen a lot of stuff out there. But right here where all those videos are coming from, I have the nuclear plant. It's not far away. And it, it's the nuclear plant. It's a, it's a beacon, and we live in a dead zone. There's no cell phone service here. Um, it, it's, I have zero bars. I have to use the Internet to make calls and stuff. We are cut off. We're pretty much the Alabama of South Jersey. Uh, it's <laughs> backwoods. Wow. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people think New Jersey. New Jersey's short. No. We're, we're like the deliverance part of New Jersey. If you've seen deliverance. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. If, he's, if, he's the come, beard. <laughs> if you come here, you got to keep them cheeks clenched real hard, you know, back, backwoods. Yeah. It's a whole nother area. A lot of farmland, you know. Uh, I came from like a muskrat hunting family, muskrat people that like ate muskrats going out in the marsh, a lot of marshland where the UFO crashed. It's all marsh. There was a bridge that was there. The bridge was shut down the night of the crash and it's still closed today. Still, the whole road is. Wow. Yeah, they closed it down after the crash and they removed a bunch of trees. Uh, it was quite remarkable. Wow. Still closed today and that's all in my documentary. I, I'm there standing at the site showing people where it went down. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, Anna said she wants to come and, and, and visit you someday, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, hey like, likewise. I, I could use a trip to Ireland as well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, Robin's like, now I've got the banjo stuck in my head. Thanks. <laughs> I, I need to get my passport renewed. So that, that's oh, one of the only reasons I came back to America because my passport was running out. So I lived over in the Middle East for two years. Uh -huh. That was wild. Learned a lot of stuff out there, no doubt about it. Um, but, yeah, I I would love to see you, Elena. We got to catch up sometime soon. So I'm sure we will. Elena's very, very busy. She's a... She's a... She, She's eventually having a new book that will be coming out. I'm really excited for so. Awesome. Can't wait to get my paws on it. <laughs> so I haven't been bothering her too much. I want her to get it done. I'm like, come on, get it done. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. So here's a question, Wendy. Uh, was the from Wendy? Was the Mothman from New Jersey? The Mothman. Uh, no. I've been. I've been to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I've been to the Mothman town. The Mothman, cut and dried, it goes back much longer. It goes to the legend of the Thunderbird and stuff. Uh, that area of Point Pleasant had a long history, and there was a bunch of natives that were brutally murdered there, Shawnee Native Americans. And going back, Chief Cornstalk, Chief Cornstalk, uh, they eventually went to Ohio, and Chief Cornstalk was helping the colonists 
colonized. He was on their side and he was betrayed. And Chief Cornstalk and his family were all shot down. In his last dying breath, he called upon the Great Spirit to put a curse on them. And allegedly, this great Thunderbird spirit has been rocking around in that area. And, you know, essentially, Chief Cornstalk put a uh, a curse or a certain manifestation of energy uh, Mm -hmm. out there. And these great spirits that my ancestors call them, whatever those great spirits are, um, you know, that's what the Mothman is. Done. There's a lot of crypto terrestrials. Am I right, Josh? I'm sure you should go through a list. But with that being said, what about the sightings of Mothman in other states? Mm. Illinois has got quite a lot. Well, once again, (laughs) sightings himself. The Mothman thing, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Where the curse was actually put was Ohio. And it's, you know, okay. this, this great spirit that Chief Cornstalk put the curse on. This was a great spirit that was known by many, many different native tribes all around the country. You know, the Thunderbird legends and stuff. I'm not saying Mothman is Thunderbird. I'm just saying the connection of the great spirits. You know, uh, it's just. It's one of uh, it's kind of like a skinwalker. Everyone knows right. what skinwalkers are, right? Yes. All right. So um, it's along the lines of that, but not a skinwalker. Uh, you know, to our knowledge, I don't think skinwalkers can fly around. They kind of lurch and linger and move real quick, <laughs> like kitty cats. You know, but really large and lanky, like me. But you well, know, the, Go ahead. I was going to say Mothman's uh, kind of like Skinwalker Ranch. There's there's a lot of fingers and different pies. I mean, <laughs> there's... Yeah. So that was there's really a- interesting when you hear about the Skinwalker Ranch and just how white the the indigenous people, the, 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 how they, two tribes, and one put a curse on the other one. I'm like, there's the curse. You know, so when you put the curse, are you reversing the energy? Are you opening the portal? <laughs> Also, military operations, the West Virginia Point Pleasant, there was a TNT storage area where they were doing weapons testing. And also Skinwalker Ranch in that little uh, thing, they were doing testing out there too. Robert Bigelow works for the United States government, testing and reverse engineering, meta materials, make no mistake about it. Why do you think they didn't release anything that they found? Because they used all the technology they found there, studying this area privately for the government. And now they're producing stuff for NASA, Space Force, and the United States military, privatized, black budget projects that we're paying for thank you them guys also had a lot of ufo stories around that tnt testing facility yeah a lot i've been there i i talked to you know a few people learned the history there's a lot of other weird stuff going on it's not just the mothman there's a lot of ufo activity some bigfoot sightings right josh yeah some you know a lot of crypto weird paranormal they're all connected they have to be somehow some way yeah 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 dr michael Sawyer just had a, a show about sasquatch that was pretty good too so, i saw yeah. that yeah that's yeah. awesome and josh and i we're, we're trying to get them on the show josh uh came across uh someone quite remarkable who's actually uh 
Josh Gulliver, that one guy, what his job is and his experience briefly. Oh, like he's real big woodsman, but uh, his what he does for a hobby, he's got a huge following on TikTok now, and his own. He's, he might even have his own show at this point. I know he was talking to PBS, but he uh, he he, made, he uh, takes care of animals. He's got a far, fur farm license and a vet license, and he takes in injured animals. Uh, growing up, he, him and his buddies, when we're at summer camp, had a Sasquatch story uh, to the point where the police had to come and a doctor because they were so terrified. And, Until this day, they're still, you know, being helped on that. And what was the one guy like a park ranger, right? One of them grew up to be, but I mean, I don't really talk to the park ranger. I talk to this guy. He's yeah. got all sorts of awesome stories too. He's, I believe he's part native. He's got something about, uh, he got was lost as a child for like in the wilderness for like a day and was led back to his camp by a white deer. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. White deer. that's wow. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I have a big, he was non, that. he was nonverbal at the time too. So it was like pretty amazing. <laughs> the telepathy was really high. <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of Jeff's stories, and yeah. he was led by his dog, and plus the white-tailed deer to the native people is a representation of Venus. When I was younger, around five years old, slightly after the UFO crash, I had a pet deer named Bucky. And me and that deer were like that. It's a long story. I don't want to get into it. But, um, yeah, they, they can definitely be a guiding spirit animal. No doubt about it. That's really cool. And uh, Preacher Preacher. Fact, that's his name. Yeah, yeah. That's his name. <clears throat> and, like, considering one of his buddies that also saw this Bigfoot thing went on to be a park ranger, you know, it's that, that – that stem of, you know, knowing that these things exist and these things need to be preserved, <laughs> you know, save the lands. Otherwise, these things won't exist anymore. That's wild. Wow. All right. One final question here is like, where did you get the slogan, the order of light? In the dream or from where? <laughs> ah. Thanks, Miles, for that question. <laughs> Miles, great question. Um, the order of light goes back to 2012 when I first saw that ball of light. Uh, I actually remember going on my Facebook and it was asking political views and I put the order of light and it was more of a statement. It was after I saw that ball of light, it would show me everything I would do later on the future even though i didn't believe any of it i'm like how am i gonna do that i'm like here and i have nothing how am i gonna do all that I, I'm, I'm no one i'm nothing you know like that kind of beat myself up mentality and um the order of light i always had a originally the order of light was going to be a new political party that would cancel out republicans cancel out democrats cancel out the tea party <coughs> cancel out all of it no more parties just people from all different backgrounds beliefs religion sexual preference races all coming together meeting on the square the common ground and doing what is best for everyone and not just the some 
And that was going to be the order of light. Once I realized how awful politics was, <laughs> and once I realized I could never be a politician because I am not good at lying, I say absolutely what's on my mind. And when someone says something bad about me, I don't hesitate and I knock them out. That's how I roll. I'm a country boy. I survived in the Middle East all by myself. I didn't need no one or nothing for protection during the time of ISIS. So trust me, I'm confident I don't have that issue. But because of that, I could never be a politician. I want to get fired the first day. I'm not good at those things. So the order of light, I turned into this community where people can come together, express their experiences, have no judgment, understanding, acceptance, have a place to just be open-minded and to talk about these things and to allow people to offer their piece of the puzzle. And by allowing people to be a part of this and share their pieces to the puzzle, as we have guests, as Josh and I have talks, people are commenting their own experiences. Sometimes these things overlap. So everyone's piece of the puzzle, even if it's a comment saying, oh, this happened to me back uh, in 94, you know, that, that that's huge. Even though it's just a sentence on a YouTube comment, it's still a validation. And there's other people that are seeing this. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And the order of light, that's what it's about. For too long, there has been too much negative energy in this low density planet. The order of light is to bring order out of the darkness, out of the chaos that is occurring to create order. And order isn't necessarily a bad thing. Order is to have a common understanding of light, the source, the source energy, even my name, Robert Earl White. Robert, robe, robe, you know, old term robe, bright star, bright frame. Earl, not a king, but noble, right? And white, light, bright, illumination, all right? Robert Earl White, the noble one that wears a white robe. You know, it's it's all it's it's just all fun and games, you know, it, it, it's not much of anything, but that's what the light is about. It in order of light, Robert Earl White, they rhyme. I did that on purpose. That's the point. And the Order of Light has older ties going back to the Middle East, uh, some of the influence. Uh, you know, um, it's, it's an old thing. It's been around for a while. But the Order of Light is my production company. That's what I'm calling it, to save my butt and to avoid getting put on FBI watch list and NSA and CIA. Um, I call it my production company. I call it a company. That way, all the slimy, greedy corporations out there just play along and not realizing that I'm doing something much more important. I'm the guy that's trying to open up a door that no one else can shut. You know, and once, you know, we realize this universal consciousness and how we're all connected and that love is the most important thing in the entire universe for making that you know universal all come together actually happen that's what's so valuable love is the thing that magnetizes it helps us to understand how we're connected to those little tiny ants that are crawling on the ground how we're connected to the birds how we're connected 
to these extraterrestrials, even the ones we don't like. You know, it's it's understanding that, and that's when we have a true spiritual um, freedom, I guess. You know, a freedom to understand how we are one with everything, and that's what it's all about. And the key to that is love and the order of light. That's what it's doing. It's bringing, you know, some order out of the chaos that the darkness in this world has been causing for a long time. And even the symbol that I use, the, the snake uh, that's spinning around, eating its own tail, the Ourobora and the thing yeah. in the middle, that, that's actually the Draconian symbol that I flipped upside down just to mess with them. <laughs> that, that's what I'm doing. I, I, I'm making a foolery out of them. Like, you see my reptilian puppet back there? I make fun of him. His TikTok got the uh, ban deleted permanently. So... <laughs> My, no. my my rep Josh, am I right? Back it up. Yeah. My reptilian puppet <laughs> always would get banned. Always. Oh my goodness. Well, Which, you know, Robert, you you and Josh are doing more than just opening the door. I mean, you're taking the door off the hinges. <laughs> like what door? <laughs> That's no door. <laughs> it's funny you say that because before doing this, I was a warehouse manager at a commercial door and frame company. I was working with doors and frames all day. And if there's one thing I know how to do, it's open up a door. And when I was little, my great-grandmom used to call me the gate-grandson. And everyone would say, why are you saying gate? And she was really in tune. She was like the one that was kind of in tune with my mother, come to find out after her, like, that one and my mom both had the same scars on the same spots, weird things like that. Wow. Um, but yeah, she always used to call me the gate grandson, which no one in the family ever thought it. She was like, ah, it's just weird. But um, yeah, I don't want to get into it, but wow. my birth, my <laughs> birthday, it makes sense. That's why she called me the gate grandson. I was yeah. born on a harmonic convergence, a gate and that the gate grandson. So uh, yeah, I'm a door guy, and Josh and I, we're, we're, we're taking the doors off the hinges. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We don't want to keep you all any longer. This has been really great. So what's what's coming up for you guys? What's coming up? What's on the, what's the plan here without giving too much away? <laughs> yeah, so um, like I said, Josh and I, we uh, everyone out there, we had to take some time off. I've been still posting, but Josh and I, we went through a lot of different family issues, some pretty serious things. And Josh and I, we had to step up to family first. It's family first, then social media, then disclosure. Family's everything in this world. And unfortunately, Josh and I, we've had to make a few uh, sacrifices to make that happen. So we had to take a little break. But uh, upcoming here in August, uh, we plan on having tons of new interviews. I won't necessarily have all the crazy graphics because I want to do more of them. I have 115 emails waiting for me currently of people that want to come on the show, show their evidence. So soon here, I'm just going to talk to someone. Are you available? Let's go and do it and do as many. Uh, Josh, I'm sure Josh will be on just about all of them. There might be a few depending on his schedule. Uh, he's busy. He has a job. He's working, kids, you know, but I just want to have a higher rate. I want to help more people. 
and doing all the editing and processing and graphics. It takes 24 to 30 hours a week to do all that. And I only can do one episode a week. I want to do more right. than that. So, um, yeah, that's what we're doing. A lot of I have other things that are worked out. Eventually, I will be doing a video idea a poll on my YouTube asking people, what do you want to hear? And I will be working on a video about my experience with that light being in full detail. Also, for my birthday, August 16th, I will be doing a special video for Harmonic Convergence, which is a very important um, day to the ancient Chinese, Mayans, all that. It's a unique birthday, and I want to talk about that. That will be cool. So, And Josh, what, what do you got in the works, Bob? Um, you know, just, we are the disclosure and I actually might do a little bit of solo videos coming up. I'll talk about that in a later date, depending, like Rob said, I do work full time and have kids. So <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, thank you both. And I did put your, your links you. in the description, and they are in the chat, and I had them displayed too. Um, so be sure to follow both of them um, on the YouTube channel, and then their their personal links too. You can click on that as well. Uh, and so, any any final thoughts, Robert or Josh? <laughs> Josh, you want to take it away? Uh, it was awesome being on the show. Thank you for having us. Uh, me and Robert are both a Excited to get back to it, get back into the grind. Uh, looking forward to seeing all of you on the other end. And um, we are the disclosure. Thanks. Yes, we, we are the disclosure. <laughs> Elena sent me this pillow. It's so comfortable. Thank you, big sis. We are the disclosure. That's what we're doing. Oh, every interview, every interview is behind my back i just want Lena to know that every interview you see i got the pillow you got behind me it saves my back but we are the disclosure now's the time if you've had experience regardless extraterrestrial paranormal spiritual religious it don't matter it's the time to share your story it's time to connect you are not alone there are others that have shared your experiences that's the most important thing for everyone to understand you are not alone. And there are great people here like Tiffany that's going through, listening to people, helping them, giving them tips on how to, you know, enhance their spiritual journey wherever that leads. After all, the universe is within our minds. So let's expand it as much as possible. Uh, manifest love and positivity. Listen to others as they share and we should share to help validate others. That's what it's all about. Love, love, love. Robert Earl White, Order of Light. Josh Myota, driving in a Toyota. Skirt, skirt. We're making it happen. Disclosure. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you both so much. And thank you to all the viewers. We just um, appreciate each and every one of you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much and leave your comments and share this if you, you know, feel necessary, like you wanted to share the love. Thank you so much for that. And uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, everyone. And have a great night and, and have your camera ready and keep your eye on the sky like Robert does. They're there. They're there. Good night, everyone.
<laughs> Don't want the fun to end? Grab more refreshments. Then head over to the Goldilocks Productions YouTube channel. With the huge selection of shows, the fun doesn't have to end.